just proved my point there a minute ago. This is why I like old technology. How many of you got the old technology out? Uh huh. Come on. Old technology don't mess up, don't turn off for nothing. I stick to that. Maybe it's also because I'm getting a little old. Stop. <laughs> I do use both. Amen. Amen. How's everybody tonight? Are we good? Are we enjoying the spring rains? What do you mean, no? April showers bring a beautiful May flowers. Come on. You got to cut the grass. <laughs> I get it. That's awesome. Very good. Well, I'm glad to see everybody tonight. Good deal. Good to see y'all. I'm looking out there to see who's here and who's not. So <laughs> good to see you tonight. Hallelujah. Good deal. After your surgery, praise the Lord. That was a beautiful testimony. I heard about that. I was looking for somebody else, too, that just got out of the, uh, surgery and doing really well, but I don't see him here tonight. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. We get all kinds of prayer requests and pray for people, and then it's good to hear how they're doing and what God done for them and how they're out and stuff. So, amen. Well, it's good to be here tonight. I'm glad you guys are here on this gloomy Wednesday night. And uh, how many of you guys were not here last Wednesday night? Raise your hands. Okay. One, two, over here, three, four. Yeah, Comptons, you heathens. Yeah, okay, you guys. Okay, all right, you guys. All right. All right, uh, how many of you guys listened to our faith series that we started that was not here? Anybody get to hear it a little bit? Nah, no? Oh, I see. Oh, somebody's like, oh, well, you know. All right, well, <laughs> well, we are on faith on Wednesday nights, and we're probably going to be talking about this until our faith runs out. <laughs> That's all I can say. There's so much to talk about when it comes to faith, and it just doesn't get old. Did you hear me? Faith does not get old, all right, because, hello, it's, it's what pleases the Lord, and so therefore we always want to constantly do what pleases God. So last week we started off our faith series, my faith series, I guess you could call it, not our faith series. I'm sure that if pastor wants to jump in on a Wednesday night, he can, obviously, and I doubt he'll want to pick up where I left off. <laughs> That's pastor. He'll just go right through the high grass and through your trees and bushes and ruin everything. That's what he does. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We'll just pick right back up when he leaves <laughs> and goes back to overseas or something. But by the way, he is home. Praise the Lord. And Eric's here, wherever Eric's at. Thank God they're back home. Hallelujah. With their families and things like that. So I did talk to Pastor today, and he is feeling a little ugh. So, uh, I told our staff at church, I said, just pray for him that, you know, he gets his strength back, them 16, 17, 18-hour flights, you know, has got to be rough on him, plus all that preaching and, and everything they did, and I think the, uh, the results, they had over 80,000 people saved, praise God, yes, Woo! Muslims, hallelujah, that's beautiful, praise God, I'm so thankful that pastor uses his faith then Brother Eric used their faith, and they go out and do what some would call impossible, preaching to Muslims and them getting saved and coming to know the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Wow! Changing the world and turning it upside down like the apostles did. Hallelujah. All right, so as we're moving on today, uh, just a couple things that we started on last week. We, we kind of, I kind of compared pizza to faith. All right, and, and I know it was a little cheesy, and you guys got that. That was crazy, and 
I talked to Brother David about it when we were going over to Kenton, Ohio, to our campus church and picking up a cross yesterday. I said, well, what did you, you think of the comparison? He said, that was a little cheesy. I said, listen, it's what came to my mind. And so I feel it was the Holy Spirit, you know, because, you know, listen, pizza and faith have a lot of things in common. All right, remember, pizza starts out really plain, just with cheese. Faith starts out small with just a measure, all right? In order to make a better pizza, you don't have to have more pizza. You just add on to the pizza that you have to make it what you want. Faith is the same way. We don't need more faith. We just have to, like, add on to the faith that we have, all right? And there's ways to make it grow, right? There's hundreds and hundreds of different types of pizza. There's lots of different types of faith as well. And just like, uh, just like pizza, I can't eat your pizza for you and it help you in any way except maybe not make you as fat. You won't get the nourishment or the energy if I eat your pizza for you. I can't help you grow your faith. Right? I mentioned that I can't help you grow your muscles. If I lift the weights for you, it's not going to do you any good. It's going to do me good. All right? And faith is the exact same way. And I did say that there's where faith and pizza split is anybody can buy pizza in the world, but not everybody gets the measure of faith. Only Christians do. And I read that scripture verse where it says, not all men have faith. So we talked about dead faith, the real dead men walking, all right? And that was dead faith. And I'll bring a couple of those things up through the message tonight. But tonight I really want to talk on little faith, little faith, um, and, and we're going to get into that, but <laughs> I guess I want to say that, um, and, I, and I really want you guys to understand that faith is active. It is supposed to be active at all times, always, at all times. It's supposed to be active, amen? And I did bring out the old credit card, all right, last week. Uh, I said, listen, as long as this credit card is in my pocket and it's safe, it is dead. As long as you're doing nothing with your faith, it's dead. But the minute I set this little puppy out on the counter and Nicole comes and gets it, <laughs> it becomes active. It is active like our faith. That's right, absolutely, amen. And then the only way we're going to become more and more and more in debt is if we use it more and more and more. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'd rather keep it right here, and I'd rather have a dead credit card, but I want active faith. Amen. Who wants active faith? That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a verb. All right? Faith is a verb. It isn't something that we just have. When we get saved, oh, yes, now I have faith. I pin it right here. And I just leave it there as part of being a Christian. It's, look at that, I have faith. <laughs> That's right. It's, I'm a good person. No. No, it's active. We got to keep using it. Amen? It's something that we do. Something that we do. In order to build your faith, you have to do something. We don't get saved because we do something. Okay? All right? There's religions out there that believe that. All right? You're going to go to heaven because we're doing something. That's absolutely not true. We are saved by grace and not by our works. That's Ephesians 2.8. But then again, James says that we do something because we got saved. 
correct? Faith without works is dead, James 2.20. And I brought up on the screen, and I'll bring it back up here tonight, faith, F-A-I-T-H, is forward action in trusting Him. All right, so as we're moving forward in our Christian life, doing what he wants us to do, we are forward action, but we're also trusting in him at the same time. All right, we're moving forward, and we're saying, God, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, hallelujah, and he's going to be there for us. We're, we're moving forward in faith and trusting him that everything he says here, he's going to do for us as long as we're using our faith and pleasing him. Everybody get that? All right, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I said, faith that is not active is dead faith, and it's like the credit card, but tonight, I want to talk for a few minutes about little faith. Jesus is the only person who used the phrase, O ye of little faith, the only one, and he used it at least four times in the New Testament. I don't think I have the guts, or would have the guts to look at you, Gerald, and say, oh, you have little faith. Ooh, I, I might get slapped or run out. But Jesus, and maybe that's why Jesus was the only one who used that, that terminology at least four times in the New Testament. And most of the time, it was to his disciples. All right? It was to the ones underneath him. All right? <laughs> but to get to where he talks about little faith, I, I want to go around the block. Okay, I want to I go around the block I, for two reasons. Number one, it's very rude to walk through people's backyards to get to where I'm going to go. All right? Then number two, it's because I want to show you a couple things along the way to little faith. But we're talking about faith. All right? So I, I had a couple other things planned. These things didn't work out. But as this started coming together, it came together super quick. So this is why we're going to go around the block to get to little faith tonight. So are you with me? Yeah. All right, I hope so. That was partial. All right, Hebrews. I want you to turn to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And we are going to begin in verse 11. And I'm going to probably read all the way down through, or I'm sorry, we're going to start in verse 8, and I think we're going to read all the way down to verse 11. All right, it says here in verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which, would receive, uh, which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. But by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, that had been the, for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, immeasurable as the sand which is by the seashore. What a miracle. There's three words, really four words, in that passage or in those passages that I want to bring out tonight. That's why I'm going around the block. And those four words are obey, 
dwelt or waited and waited and judged. So we start there in verse 8 when it says that by faith Abraham did what? What did he do? He obeyed. He obeyed. Listen, if God speaks, we obey. Simple. Amen? There's no ifs, ands, buts, nothing. If God speaks, we obey. That's it. We can close the Bible and we can go home. But we have so many excuses. Abraham could have had so many reasons why not to obey God. Look, look, look what it said there. It says, he went out into the wilderness where he had no clue where he was going. That would be a little scary. That'd be a little scary. He could have said, God, now hold up. It could be dangerous out there. There's no roads. Uh, There's no gas stations. No pit stops. What if there's wild animals out there? You you want me to just go blind? Yes, obey. Wow. You have tons of excuses. We have tons of excuses. And we haven't even been called to do something like that. When he says obey, we just must obey. Can't, we can't rationalize in our finite minds why sometimes. Why? Because it, it won't make any sense. And we don't see the end picture. He does. And we don't have to see the end from the beginning. He sees the end from the beginning. We just have to simply obey. And that right there stops a lot of us from having what God wants for our lives because we just won't obey we're stubborn we're stubborn we won't listen and it stalls the plan that he has for our lives <laughs> the children of Israel were supposed to have been to the promised land in 11 days for God's sake 40 years 40 years because of unbelief no faith except for two or actually three if you want to count the guy with the dead bones in the back three and God wanted better for them but because of their disobedience I have to wait till the disobedient died yikes that's rough that's rough Abraham's faith was measured by his obedience okay Abraham's obedience is the visible expression of invisible faith you understand that You get it? All right, I'll say it again. Abraham's obedience is the visible expression of invisible faith. In other words, his obedience for doing what he had no clue what he was doing, just saying, I will go, showed God just how much faith he had in him. That's awesome. That's powerful. I don't know that I could do that. There's, go to Florida. All right, I got to stop eating plain pizza. (laughs) That's just, and do what? And you hear nothing. Wow. Oh, and by the way, leave your family behind. Leave your friends behind. Don't even say goodbye. Wow, okay. All right, That's, that's incredible to me. Hmm, okay. Hallelujah. All right, James 1, through 25, it says this. Uh, it's up on the screen. 
Obey God's message. Don't fool yourselves by just listening to it. If you hear the message and don't obey it, you are like people who stare at themselves in a mirror and forget what they look like as soon as they leave. But you must never stop looking at the perfect law that sets you free. God will bless you in everything you do if you listen and obey and don't just hear and forget. We've got to listen. Faith comes by hearing, but then we must obey. I don't think we can say that enough. I think a lot of us would be in a better place, a different place, if we would have just obeyed what God said the first time. But instead, he goes around and around and around in circles with us. And thank God for his grace and mercy. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Abraham could have made excuses like we said, but he listened and obeyed. Listen, there is no salvation and no eternal life without obedience. Okay? Death entered in through disobedience, did it not? It absolutely did. With disobedience. And life and immortality can be ours through obedience into faith. All right? It can happen. It can happen. Hebrews 5.9 proves that because it says, And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who do what? Obey him. The key is obedience. Man, if I only obeyed when I was young, I wouldn't have scars on my behind. <laughs> and back then, it was when you really got whipped. I mean, how many of you had to go get your own switch? Woo, my brother. Now that right there, that's true salvation. Right there, switches on a bare back or a bare rear end. Man, now that right there sets you free. Come on. I, I, woo, he just got filled with the Holy Ghost back here. Hallelujah. It did, man. Belts. I mean, wow, who got the belt? Brother, wow, more people got the belt than the switches. Okay, I see. If we would have just obeyed, we wouldn't have to go through all that stuff. But God lets us, remember we said that in our James series, lets us go through things to teach us. I did not want to ever spank my kids. I didn't want to do it. But I had to because I needed them to obey so when they got older, they wouldn't have to go through certain things they didn't have to go through. Hallelujah. Right, some people say experience is a great teacher. I don't think so. I, I, I did not like experiencing what I experienced. Uh, right? If your kids would just obey, would you rather have your children just obey you or would you rather have them go through it by experience? Obey, that's right. Because, I mean, how would you like to let them go out in the middle of the road and experience? Huh, yeah, right. No, obedience is the key. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus came to this earth and lived a life of faith and perfect obedience to God. So the first thing, if you're writing something down, write this down. If you're not writing anything down, write this down. So my faith will be measured by my obedience. My faith will be measured by my obedience. It feels like some of us might be getting spanked right now. <laughs> but that's the Holy Spirit. Right? He convicts. You know, he chastens those that he loves. 
We have to obey. We have to obey. Remember, dead faith doesn't obey. We said it. We said it earlier. If you have dead faith, you will say, I believe in tithing, but you never tithe. Right? You know, dead faith says, I believe in healing, but you never look up healing scriptures. You never, by faith, do anything to get healed. You're always popping the bottle or going to the doctor and never trying anything by faith. Now, I'll admit, I don't get headaches. I don't get them. But sometimes when I do get them, man, I, I just can't function. You know, and I might get one once a year or something like that. You know, and maybe, maybe not even that. Maybe not even that. But it's like, and so my first instinct as my mortal flesh is go get that ibuprofen. But I won't do it. I will wait. I'll say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse this headache the root cause of it right now, go. And then I'll go about my business. Now, I'll be honest, if within an hour that thing is still thumping, give me that stupid ibuprofen. And I'll take it. But I'll say, God, I thank you, I'm healed. In Jesus' name. And I'll put that in my mouth and swallow it and be angry. (laughs) It's God's grace. Medicine is God's grace, absolutely. It sure is. Ask the pill popper down here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I've got to do something, right? I've got to keep moving forward in my faith somehow. It's going to work. It does work because we have been healed, not going to be healed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, I hope you get something out of this tonight. If you have little faith, you may not give the whole 10%, you may only give 5%. That would be little faith. And do you think God is pleased with little faith? You might as well have dead faith because in God's eyes, you're still robbing him. Right? Where in that are we robbing him? Our tithes and offerings. 5% isn't 10%. 10% means tithe. We teach your kids back there that one in 10, uh, in order to obey, give one in 10 away. Not one in five, not one in three, but one in 10. Obedience is tithe, the tenth. Disobedience is anything less. Obey, just obey. So little faith would not be given what God says to give. And again, that would be disobedience. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. This is going to get good sometime, I think. Oh, boy. All right. Point number one tonight. So if God said to do it, we must obey. And that's it. Hebrews 11.9, we're going on to the second thing, is it says, by faith he dwelt, and it says he waited, in the land of promise. In other words, he stayed or lived in the specific place God told him to. He did. He stayed and lived in the specific place God told him to. It says it right there in Hebrews eleven nine. Do you feel that you are where you are, where you live, for a purpose? Okay. You feel God has a plan and you're here, you're set and put right here in, in wherever you live in that city for a reason. And even in this church for a purpose and a reason. 
I don't think I have to tell you that so many people disobey. Well, I, I, it's time to move to Florida because it's the warmth there. Okay, did God tell you to go? I'm not getting on the Florida people. I'm not, I'm not getting on y'all down there. I wish I was there. Okay, I do. You know, some of you I know watch, you know, that attend here six months out of the year. <laughs> so I'm not picking on you. But did God say to go? Or it's just, well, it's time to go. I, we're just leaving. I'm tired of this winter weather in Ohio and raking leaves, it's of the devil. <laughs> you know, people get offended and they, and they leave the church. Well, did God tell you to go? You know, I'm going I'm to tell you something right now. God's never going to talk to you while you're offended. Never going to do it. Listen, he won't even answer your prayers, you know, when your husband and wife have a fight before you go to bed. He won't do it. And yet you think he's going to tell you, well, God told me to leave. Yeah, liar, liar, pants on fire. Not true. You lie, you fry, you bake in the lake. Not happening. But people do it all the time. Well, God told me to leave. Okay. And you know, I've learned from pastors, just keep my mouth shut. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. Your disobedience will catch up with you somehow, some way. Hope it doesn't. I really don't, don't. But it probably will because you reap what you sow. You know, I just want to go. You don't know. Maybe God knows something you don't about some place you shouldn't be. But I just want to go. Obey, folks. Stay where you're supposed to be put. Abraham stayed where he was supposed to be put. And I'm going to show you a couple of these that I found that was pretty good. The land of Canaan wasn't just a settlement. It was the promised land. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen? The kingdom of Babylon wasn't just the one that happened to capture Israel. Mm -mm. It was the land of exile and God's people were instructed, instructed to seek its peace and prosperity. Let's look at that in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, verse 7. I don't think I had you put that up on the screen. I'll read it anyhow. Jeremiah 29 and 7. It says this. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. It's God talking to the children of Israel. And pray to the Lord for it, for it is peace, for in its, for in its peace you will have peace. Hmm, that's pretty good. So God let them be captured and placed there in Babylon for a reason. We shouldn't be here. This is the enemy's territory. Okay, you better listen and obey. We need to get out of here. Really? Not unless I hear it from him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. When God places us somewhere, we must make a commitment to stay there until God moves us. All right? He may never move you. I know I'm stuck in Ohio because of this church. I wouldn't mind living in Florida, okay? I like warm weather. I don't like cold weather. I, maybe it's because my skin is getting thinner. I don't know. <laughs> As I get older. <laughs> but God, I know, placed us here. So I am stuck with the beautiful four seasons of Ohio. Amen? And I'm going to be happy about it. I'm not going to gripe and complain about it. 
I'm going to obey and stay. <laughs> that was good. Hallelujah. All right. Woo. Okay, Acts 17, 26 and 27. Acts 17, 26 and 27 says this. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Did you hear that? Hmm. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. That's pretty good. That's absolutely good. Now, the word grope means reach out for him. So he has put us in our place, set you where you're supposed to be, so you'll continue to reach out to him. And he has, obviously, other purposes for us. By faith, we have to engage the places that God has put us in. And it's going to look different for everyone. It's going to look different for everyone. Um, remember, our greatest command is to love God and our neighbors. Well, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? Maybe you're supposed to do something or be a voice in the city that you live in for some specific reason or cause. You don't know. Amen? Hallelujah. And maybe some of you really are supposed to have that intimate relationship with your actual neighbors in your neighborhood for a specific reason or purpose. I can't stop talking about Ray and Annie over here. You know, I mean, we were set where we were set for them. And I believe that 100%. Nicole and I's fight was for them, is all I got to say. It was for Ray and Annie. I did not want to live there. We were going to make $100,000 in 20 minutes on our property that I purchased. And she said, I want to move here. And I didn't talk to her for three days. And I'm serious, I did not. I was mad. But I believe with all my heart that we were there for those two right there. Say <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And now we have two other new neighbors that are moving in right where they uh, uh, lived. So hallelujah. I believe that something's going to happen there as well. So praise the Lord. So we don't know why we are where we are, but be content and be happy where we are and where you are. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so my point two for tonight is this. By faith, you must be content where God has put you and ask him what you are to do in the place that he has put you. If you don't already know. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, well, we are continuing to go around the block here, okay? We're going to get to where I want to get here shortly. Praise the Lord. Uh, turn to Hebrews eleven eleven. now. We're on our... Last point that I want to make here before we go to what I really want to talk about tonight. Hebrews 11, 11, it says, Sarah, well, let's start here. Yeah, let's start, uh, where am I at? All right, it says here, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful, who had promised. Hmm. Faith is judging God faithful. Amen. Not believing is judging God unfaithful. Same with not obeying. It's judging Him unfaithful. <laughs> faith says no matter what happens, you're faithful. 
No matter what happens, you're faithful. And the example that I found that I thought was the best example was King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, he set up the idol. He built the, the big, tall, gold monster statue of himself. And the new rule is that you are going to worship me, everybody. Everybody is going to worship. Well, we already know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said no. And so uh, let's turn to Daniel 3 real quick. Daniel 3. Oh, I have plenty of time, man. 10 o'clock ain't for two more hours. Three more hours. All right, two more hours. All right. Daniel, the third chapter, and we're going to start in verse 15. Now, this is where they have brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in front of the king. All right, they've already said, no, we ain't doing it. Well, you're coming in front of the king. So now he's in front of the king. And this is what King Nebuchadnezzar says in verse 15. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, well, then good, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Well, your shack, my shack, and a bungalow answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. No, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, and this is the point that I want to make, but if not, we will curse our God and die. Well, your Bible don't say that? Well, you don't even have one out, Steve. How do you know? You're shaking your head no, and you ain't even reading one. Oh, you're reading that one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Woohoo! Wow. So here's the deal. They said God is able and he will deliver us. But then, though, they said, if he don't. And again, this is where a lot of Christians jump overboard. Do you have the if he don't kind of faith? Because a lot of Christians turn atheist at this point in time. He didn't do it. If he doesn't. We're still not going to bow. We're still not going to give in because we know who our God is. See, we must judge God faithful in everything. In everything. And that's hard to do. I, I, it's hard to do sometimes. I get it. All right, I thank God, and I was fully persuaded, and I judged him faithful when it came to our daughter and what we had to do and what I had to do. I, I was not bending, I was not bowing, I was not caving in, and I was not going to burn in the fire. I knew that I knew that I knew what God said he would do for my family, and he was going to do it. I was fully persuaded. Fully, I, I had no 
doubt. And I'm not being conceited. I'm not being prideful. I'm not being arrogant. I had no doubt. But she did. Every time we saw the, what do you call that thing? The sonogram, right? She, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Nicole. You're right. You're right. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. And then obviously, finally, I said, I'm stopped. I'm not even going there. We're not going there anymore. We're not doing it. They can get mad. They can pee all over themselves. I don't care. And we never went back until the baby was born. Obviously, we know the outcome. Fully persuaded. He will do what he said he will do. You have to be fully persuaded and judge him faithful at all times. In every situation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said last week that your confession is the result of your belief. What do you believe? And I just said a few minutes ago, your faith is measured by your obedience. Two very important statements. Are you going to judge God faithful and trust Him in every circumstance, no matter the outcome? That's the question you have to answer yourself. Am I going to believe all of this or some of it? It can be tough. I get it. If you live your life without understanding your connection to God, the trust we have in God, and that God is our source and our provider, then you're not living by faith. Simple as that. For in Him we move, right? For in Him we live and move and have our being. It's as simple as that. Now, I think it's safe to say that none of us are going to be thrown in a fiery furnace for our belief anytime soon, all right? I I wouldn't think, anyhow. (laughs) But faith still must be a lifestyle that we exercise on a practical level every single day. Every single day. God is our source and our provider, and we must always judge Him faithful. Hallelujah. So now is where I wanted to get to tonight. This is where we're starting and it's only 8.03. Woo, this is beautiful. So if you have, if you want to, you can turn to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter. I hope, I hope you like what's happening so far and you're learning something. I, I was learning something, I know that. Matthew 16, verse 5. Okay, and this is, then we're, we're talking about little faith now. All right, this is where I want to get to, but I wanted to go around the block to show you those things, and we're going to bring them back here at the end too as well. But verse 5 it says, now, now let, let me say this. Jesus had done tons of ministry, all right? I mean, people were healed, set free, delivered, devils came out. Man, he was, he was whipped. He was tired. And he got the disciples, and he said, let's get in the boat, and let's go to the other side. That's what he told them. Mark says that, Matthew don't. For some reason, Matthew just wasn't very detailed in his stuff. I don't know. He was a typical guy. Mark must have been a little more whatever. He told more details. All right, but he said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. That's exactly what he said, okay? So we're going to be reading right there where, uh, no, you know what? Let me, hold on, let me, let me back this up. No, 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 I'm going to read a passage of Scripture before we go there, okay? Let's, we're doing something completely different. I just, follow me, can you just follow me? All right, that's 65. All right, it, it says this, it says, Now when his disciples had come to the other side, all right, they had forgotten to take bread, okay? They're already there now, okay? They, they ended up, they're already there, all right? Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven 
of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets that you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Jesus was trying to have a good conversation with the disciples. He's trying to be serious with them and give them some good counsel. But as soon as he said leaven, they started arguing among themselves, not understanding what he was talking about. I, I don't even know how it went, but it said they were arguing, so I can only imagine maybe it's about how we argue. Matthew, what in the world are you doing, dude? You were supposed to grab all that bread, and you messed up. You know what? No, -uh. no, I wasn't. It was Peter's turn. Peter was busy talking and yapping. It was his turn to do it. And Peter looks at Matthew and says, yeah, you say that again, boy, I'm going to cut your ear off. <laughs> and Matthew says, yeah, go for it. And then Jesus says, hold it, stop, enough, enough. I'm not talking about bread. You guys are nuts. Why did I pick you 12 anyway? <laughs> no. Jesus interrupted them and said, Oh, ye of little faith. Now, I highly doubt that Jesus said, Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt that he said, Oh, ye of little faith. I bet you he said, Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, I bet he did. See, he can be angry and sin not. Now, come on, man. He kicked them tables over, baby. And I bet he didn't just do this. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. Then he had to remind them of the miracles that they just didn't see, but that they participated in. I mean, they were the ones passing the bread around, and as they passed it around, more was coming back to them as fast as they were passing it around. I can only imagine. Can you believe that? My God, can you believe this? And they were actual participants in the miracles, and they forgot. And Jesus had to remind them, duh, how do 12 grown men who've seen all those miracles forget what Jesus had done for them and, and think to themselves that he can't do it again? <laughs> Here's my point. Little faith has a short memory. Little faith has a short memory. Remember the story in Matthew. Here's where I wanted to get. Go back to Matthew, the 8th chapter, the 23rd verse. This is where Jesus was tired doing all those miracles. He said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And it says right here, Matthew 6.25, or uh, let's see, not 6.25, Matthew 8.23. It says, let's see. Now, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. They came and they ran to him. We're perishing. Another translation says, don't you care that we are perishing? 
That's not what Jesus said. I don't remember hearing in Mark where Jesus said, now let's get in the boat and let's all perish. (laughs) He didn't say that at all. He said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. But oh, ye of little faith, forgot who they was in the boat with. She's mind blown. And he said, oh, ye of little faith. Wow, little faith has a short memory. Hallelujah. Little faith also worries. How many of you worry? Don't raise your hands. Don't do it. Stop, stop. (laughs) The Bible says in Matthew 6, 25, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Come on. We have to judge him faithful in every area of our life. All right? He will provide for us. Amen? All right. So don't worry. Little faith worries. And then also, little faith is occupied by circumstances, problems, symptoms, persecution, and all these things rob us of our faith. It really does. Peter focused on the circumstances, and of course we all know that he began to sink. All right? He wasn't looking at him. Little faith is occupied by the world's stuff. That's the truth. Instead of talking to God about our problem, all right, instead of talking to God about our mountain that we're facing, how about we turn it around and tell the mountain just how big God is? Huh? Let's talk to the problem and say, you're nothing. You're nothing. Look who I have on my side. He is so much bigger than our problems. But we have to obey and walk by faith. Trust in him. Amen? All right. We must have faith in God and judge him faithful to do what he said that he will do in our lives back to that story with Jesus, he was trying to tell the disciples to watch out for the yeast or the teachings and doctrines of the Pharisees and Sadducees, warning them of their hypocrisy. That's what the word yeast means. It had nothing to do with bread, disciples. Nothing. But that's what they had on their mind was bread. <laughs> now, I had, I've told you guys in the last couple of weeks that I've been on this men's group you know, you guys know that kind of men's Christian group, and I've been kind of going on there. Well, I finally deleted it yesterday. Thank God. I'm, I'm serious. Yes. I, I had to, Nicole, I was driving her nuts. I was in bed till 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, it, just arguing doctrine with these guys. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Come on, you know. And basically, it was wasting a lot of my time. You know, but I, I was, but I was seriously, sincerely wanting these guys to get it. Don't you understand? And a lot of them just was trying to just tell me this and this and this. And I said, bro, I told one guy, bro, I'm done with you. Oh, oh I'm wasting my time with you, man. Sorry. And I'm out. You know, and finally yesterday I had to completely delete it. And you know what? I felt free. And she said, praise Jesus. I, I just, I just, just a peace came over me like nothing, you know? And, but, but it was keeping me sharp 
I, I told Nicole, I said, man, this is keeping my mind sharp. Sometimes I have to go, ooh, what now? What did they just say? No, I'm going to look that up right there. Huh, no, you messed it up, bro. You know, but it just wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it at all. And, you know, even though I was arguing doctrine, I didn't care about the three heavens and, and all that mess. Who cares? But, you know, it was doctrine, and it was important to me. But the devil will always try to keep you majoring in the minors and minoring in the, on the majors. Always. Always. You know, to keep us wrapped up. But Jesus did to the disciples what he does with us when our faith is weak and we question him. He reminds us of the good things that he's done for us. When our faith is weak, when we're not sure, remember, he knows everything, he'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute, remember when I turned that situation around for you? Huh, remember that? You remember that blessing came and you didn't even expect it? Huh, you remember? Yeah, that's right, I healed you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were set free. Uh, yeah, the pain left. Come on, come on. He, he did the same thing to the disciples. Don't you remember? All of the miracles that you just saw that you were involved in. Stop. Stop, O ye of little faith. He reminds us the same way. He's faithful. He is absolutely faithful. And he'll remind us of those things because of his grace and mercy that he has for us. Because he wants us to prosper. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to do well. All right? Hallelujah. He does. Absolutely. God is patient enough to take us back to those situations to remind us just how faithful that he is. Now, I'm going to close with this final story and final thoughts. And I think this is probably the most important part of where we need to be as a church, especially in today and to where we are today. Oleg, our exchange student, a lot of you know we have an exchange student from Ukraine. Um, he had a very traumatic situation with his first uh, American host parents, and that's how we got him. So he was, oh, hi, Oleg, how are you doing? I didn't even know you were out here. Great, now I got to be nice. Anyhow, <laughs> so when he first came to our home, I noticed for the first couple weeks that when I'd go to his bedroom door, it would be locked. Am I right, Oleg? <laughs> it would be locked. Then a little while later, I would knock on the door and he would say, come in. And the door was not locked any longer. Okay? And uh, then when we would take him to school, he was always out there at 7.10 and 7.15, making sure that he was never going to be late for school. And he has never been late one time, right? Not one time has he been late in all these months that he's been with us, which is a miracle. Hallelujah. It's a miracle. Well, now... He is, he is kind of where sometimes we have to call him. Okay, it's time we got to skull. Come on. Whatever. Every time he has opened up the refrigerator, there had been food in the refrigerator. All right? Every time he grabs a pop, there's one there. Every time he needs something, it's there. Anytime he has to go somewhere, we're taking him there or we're getting something there for him. My point is this, is he, has, he is at the place in his life where he has faith in us and he trusts us. That's why the room's not locked anymore. That's why he's free to roam around the house. He has faith in us and he trusts that we are going to take care of him and not murder him. Okay? <laughs> not throw him in the river. All right? So he has faith in us and he, has, and he trusts us. But here's where it shifts a little bit. 
Do I trust him? Do I have enough trust to leave him alone in our home all by himself and trust that he won't burn our house down while making a cheese sandwich? Do I trust him enough that if I leave money on the counter that he won't take it? Do I trust him enough and have faith in him enough that if I leave a gun on the table that he won't pick it up and look down the barrel? (laughs) Because they're all loaded at all times. Do I trust him and have faith that when I say, listen, we're leaving for a while, let the dogs out so they don't pee all over our floor. Do I trust and have faith in him to do those things? See, It's no different than our relationship with God. It's no different than the story that I said last week about the guy in the tight walk, tight walker. When are we going to get in the wheelbarrow? When are we going to be mature enough in our walk with God and count him faithful in all areas of our life that we can trust him at all times, but the table needs to turn one of these days and say, can he trust us? Can he trust us to do what he has called us to do to help propel, hello, the ministry in these last and final days? Can he trust us? When I first got to go to INCM, in Uganda in 2014. I didn't want to go overseas at any time. I I was scared of overseas. So many stories of murder, kill, and all that stuff. I thought, I'm going to keep McDonald's in business right here. Well, in 2014, I I was one of 10 people that got to go to Uganda for the very first time, and I counted it. Wow. I said, God, thank you for trusting me. Thank you for trusting me to go and represent you in another country. And you know, I put my best foot forward because I was representing him and he trusted me and had faith in me enough to do what he wanted done in that area of Uganda. And man, I tell you what, I'll, be, I'll say it and I know the people that were there, I made God look good. Look good. I made the Christian look Good. I did everything that I could to honor God while I was there. And because of that, when I came back, God gave me more. It's like the talents. All right? He gave me more. Now you're going to Kenya. I'm like, I'm going to Kenya. Great. And when I went to Kenya with Pastor and Eric for the first time, I had a kids crusade. And of course, 1,100 kids came out on a, on a Saturday and 5,000 came out on a Sunday. That was amazing. I was just shocked, blown away, humbled that God would use me, that he could trust me to do that. And then he gave me more because he could trust me. I was faithful. He said, now you're going into schools. I'm going into public schools? I'm going into public schools. Yeah, but I don't, I, you know, dude, all I do is preach the gospel. You can preach the gospel in the public schools. I can? Okay, then. And so I started preaching in the public schools which was fantastic. And then it grew from there. I was in four schools a a day for four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, three days. And then a kid's crusade on Saturday, kid's crusade on Sunday. And then one day while I was in the schools, God told me, give an altar call. I said, okay, I will. You sure I can give an altar call in the public school? 
He said, do it. I said, okay. I didn't ask anybody. I asked the kids, how many of you want to give your life to Christ today? And man, so many raised their hands. He gave me more. He kept giving me more because he could trust me. Because he had faith in me. Then in one school, two times ago, I think it was, I'm in there, we got all these kids got saved, and he said, now, fill them. What? Fill them? I've never done this before. These kids already speak in an unknown tongue. (laughs) How do I know? (laughs) You know, and I just gave my testimony about what God did for me when I was 12 years old at a kid's camp. And I said, it's a gift. And I said, and he's got eight more, seven more he wants to give you too. But do you want this gift? Do you want your heavenly language? Huh? And man, so many kids raised their hands. And man, God just did so many cool things. There were so many that was filled with the Holy Spirit. He kept giving me more, giving me more, giving me more because I was faithful. And he could trust me. We need to get to that place in our lives that he can do that for us. It's, it's, baby time is over, folks. If you are still worried about what he does for you and and if you don't have faith in this and you don't know about you don't trust god and you don't know who your god is and you have little faith and he ain't gonna be able to do too much with little faith especially with what's lurking out here beyond this church he needs mature men and women in these last days hallelujah amen Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. We have to have faith in God. We have to get to the place where we judge him faithful in every area of our life. If you still have trust issues with God, then you have little faith. That is just what he told the disciples, obviously. And if you're still blaming him for the bad things that happened to you or yelling at him with the things like, why did you let this happen to me? then you have little faith and you don't know who your God is and you're not judging him faithful in every area of your life. Can he trust you to tithe on five bucks? If so, he'll give you more. Can, you trust him to, can, you, can he trust you to tithe on $10,000, on $100,000? As long as he can trust you and he has faith in you, he's going to continue to mature you and grow you. But he's going to test us. The test is coming. we got to get through that test. Woo! And the test ain't easy sometimes. But thank God we have each other. We have family to help us through these tests and sometimes these trials. Amen? Uh, hallelujah. So, in faith, which is our forward action in trusting him, we must obey Abraham. We must dwell or wait we may never get a leave. We have to be satisfied where he puts us. All right? And we must judge him faithful in doing what he said he will do. And that is having faith in God. And then our faith will grow. Amen? Everybody stand up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you tonight, Father. Hallelujah. So right now, as, as we end, um, our altar team, John is part of our altar team. Do we have any more of our altar team? If you can come on up if you're part of the altar team other than Brother John, okay, Gerald's here, praise the Lord. If you guys need prayer for anything, anything at all, our altar team is here for you, to pray with you, to help you, to talk with you. And right now, as we, as we walk out of these doors, if you have any type of unbelief or, or trust issues with God or you've judged Him 
unfaithful instead of faithful. Now's the time to ask God to forgive us, to help us repent, God, and He will. He will help us. He will forgive us. He is faithful and just to forgive us. Amen? He knows that we're human. He knows that we mess up. He thank God for that grace and that mercy. So come down if you need to. Come forward in faith. Let these men and women pray for you. And let's get back where we need to be on our faith walk with God. Amen? None of us are here just to sit in a pew and do nothing. Each and every one of us have a gift, have a talent, and we need to use it and not be afraid because he is there with us to help us. I've, I've spoke to over 250,000 kids since 2014, and I was scared to go anywhere but here. But I stepped out in faith, and look what God has done for me, and he will do the same for you because he is no respecter of persons. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for our part two, Father, of our message on faith tonight. God, I pray that this just doesn't, God, stay in the minds and stay in our heads, but God, these seeds will be put into our heart, Lord God, and we will start confessing who you are, God. And God, we will start judging you faithful in every area of our life, God, and that our faith will grow and that we won't have dead faith or little faith. But God, we want great faith. And Father, as we obey, as we obey and do what you've called us to do, Father, you will grow us and you will grow our faith. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. We thank you. We know that time is short. Time is short. And God, you are looking, looking to see whom you can be strong toward and for. And God, I thank you, Father. My hand is raised, God, and I know others around here are. Use us, Father. Use us in these last days. God, I thank you that I trust you, and I thank you that you can trust me. I have faith in you, God, and I know that, that you have faith in us. And God, I thank you for this tonight. I thank you that people are delivered and set free, Father, all throughout this house tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, God, I thank you, Father. Their minds are loosed in the name of Jesus, God, and they are set free right now. I thank you, God, and I give you praise for it. Peace, Father, come to their minds right now, God. Hallelujah. Worry, leave in the name of Jesus. Go. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for peace, Father, just to fall in this house. In Jesus' mighty name, and we give you praise. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Good night. We love you. We'll see you Friday night between 4 and 8 p.m. The church doors will be open for our good friend.